Listeners from around the world, are you ready? Do you love movies, music, animation, and art? Acting, gaming, and all things creative? Well, you've come to the right place. Introducing your host, award-winning writer, director, voiceover artist, and owner of MLA Entertainment, Keiko! Thank you, Josh, and welcome, everyone, to another episode of Keiko's Diary, your favorite podcast for all things entertaining and creative. I wear many hats, but I consider myself first and foremost a storyteller, and that is exactly why I started this podcast, so I could unite creative minds from all over the world and share their stories with all of you and have a great time while doing it. Who doesn't want that? (laughs) Our guest today is an absolute superstar. You won't believe it, but first, you know we have to do some... Shameless Plugging! Hop on over to our YouTube channel, MLA Entertainment, and take a look at our original web series, Project Infinity. It's an amazing action sci-fi story that features a voice cast from Japan to Australia to New York, and plus hours of love and hard work have been poured into it, so I wouldn't suggest it to you if it wasn't worth your time. Go check it out. Also, like, subscribe, and leave your comments and comments to show your support for this podcast and MLA. Now on with the show. He is overflowing with talent and positivity. He first introduced himself to the world by opening a wardrobe of magic, and he has been lighting up the screen ever since. Please welcome the king himself. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much for being on the show, William. We're really excited to have you here. So uh, would you just like to tell us uh, how you're doing and a little bit more about yourself to the listeners? Absolutely. I'm doing very well. Um, I currently, I lived in, spent 10 years in America. Um, A lot of that just living by the beach in California. Oh, wow. It's great. And I now live in, in London. Um, in East London, an area called Hackney, and I, um, I spend a lot of my time just going back and forth to where I grew up in the countryside, which is called Gloucestershire. It's just very pretty, rolling hills, lots of woodlands, and a good place just to un- unwind and relax. So um, this year I have three films coming out, and I'm supposedly making four films as well. Um, you know, if, if everything goes ahead, I'm, I'm signed up for four films, which is great. Well, that is very exciting, and I would love for you to tell us more about those uh, during the show. I know that many of your fans are greatly looking forward to those. Well, I would like to start off by first saying thank you and well done for all the great work you've done in your career and continue to do. Uh, Some people know you from Narnia, some people know you from the Royals, but there are so many other great roles you have brought to life as well. So I would like to talk about all of that during the show. Your work has touched many people and it continues to do so, so well done. Thank you. Absolutely. So I love hearing more about the personal experiences of our guests and getting to see the human side of these things that they have done. 
because it's really easy for people to forget that these great actors that they watch in films are people too. <laughs> and so uh, why don't we start from the very beginning? I would just like to ask you, can you tell us what is your earliest memory of life? Really my earliest memory of life was um, that I can remember. Um, I think I was two or three. Oh, wow. And, yeah, and I, I remember my, my sister was just born. My parents bought a cat. And um, I remember watching TV and um, seeing this cat jump and they called the cat Super Cat. <laughs> and my parents asked me what they wanted me to name the cat. And I said, oh, I want to call it Super Cat. And they said, <laughs> can't call it Super Cat. So then I just said, well, what about Bam Bam? And then um, I don't know where that came from. And then so we called the cat Bam Bam. Um, and uh, yeah, that's my earliest memory before my brother was born. That is amazing. That's really far back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, next time I have a cat, I'm going to consider naming it Bam Bam for sure. <laughs> Going after that, what was life for you like as a child and what did you like to do just before you even knew where your life was going to go? Uh, did you ever want to be something besides an actor? I guess I used to watch the a police procedural drama. So I thought being a police officer might be quite cool, but I guess that was just a TV police officer. So that was kind of being an actor. <laughs> that was very yeah. foretelling. Very <laughs> I kind of thought a rock star might be cool because you get to play guitar in front of a lot of people. I thought that looked pretty fun. Um, people go mad with rock stars. I thought that looked pretty cool. And then um, acting showed up and um, just thought, yeah, this is, this is going to work for me. And it, unfortunately, it has. Well, it certainly has. And I'm so glad that you decided to choose that path. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. So to kick things off on a fun note, why don't we play a quick game now that I like to call the 60 second 411. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Yeah, this game is where we have 15 questions and we're going to see how many you can answer before the time runs out. So do you think you're ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's rock and roll. All right, let's do it. Three, two, one. Favorite color. Blue. Favorite movie? Apocalypse Now. Favorite song? Uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. Oh, favorite TV show? The Wire, The Sopranos. Greatest fear? Heights. Ooh, hot or cold weather? Hot. Ooh, night owl or morning bird? Morning. <laughs> favorite singer? Um, Johnny Cash. Oh, favorite food? Lasagna. Favorite holiday? Anything with a bit of surf. <laughs> Biggest pet peeve? People complaining. <laughs> Cats or dogs? Yes. If you had a superpower, what would it be? Fly. Favorite Spice Girl? Posh. <laughs> <laughs> favorite subject in school? Drama. You did it! Just in time, you beat the clock. <laughs> I did. Oh my goodness, I can't believe you did it. Well done. <laughs> wow, that was awesome. Interesting, I would definitely say that I would want to fly as well. I think that would be really wonderful. 
I would justify. Yes, so good answer. <laughs> well, that was a lot of fun. So back to what we were talking about. Obviously, you chose to pursue acting, or rather, it came looking for you. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but a crew actually began visiting villages looking for children for a certain project. And this is actually when you realized you wanted to be an actor. That's right. It was a, it was a TV movie called Cider with Rosie. And uh, it's a book about our area in the, in the countryside. And um, I just wanted like bright-faced uh, village kids. And I fitted the bill and so they asked me to audition. And um, I, I really enjoyed the auditioning process. I thought it was really fun and great. And so. I decided that was going to be my kind of lifelong passion after that. Very interesting. And it shows that you were made for this because a lot of a lot of children would have been really nervous auditioning for something like that. So it just shows it was a natural, a natural knack for you. True. I was not nervous, actually. Oh, well, that's really cool. And so uh, Cider with Rosie was your first role. And that was in 1998 when you were only about 10 or 11 years old. So that is really cool. But it wasn't until several years later that the next step in your career would forever make you a star. You actually portrayed Peter Pevensey in the Chronicles of Narnia films, starting with The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And it was a worldwide success and made $745 million at the box office, people. That's about 537 million pounds. And I must say, your performance in particular in all those films was a highlight for me. So well done. Thank you. Yes, you're very welcome. Uh, could you tell us your earliest memories of first hearing about the project and what was the auditioning process like? I mean, how does one prepare for something that big? Yeah, you know, um, I didn't know it was going to be the Chronicles of Narnia because they had a, um, they had what, what you'd call um, a hidden title. And so it was called The Hundred Year Winter. And um, we knew it was probably Narnia, but we weren't sure. We didn't know that it was Disney involved. At that time, I think it was just Walden. And that was a small, that, was, that wasn't a big studio. That was an independent studio, really. And then um, I was asked to go and audition for it. And my first audition actually, I think, was with Anna Popwell. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and we played a game, I remember. And it was a word game. Anna happens to be extremely uh, you know, very extremely competitive and extremely good at word games. She ended up going to Oxford studying English. You can only imagine how bright she is. Absolutely, I couldn't get a word in the edgeways. <laughs> and, uh, and I think the director laughed at that and thought it was funny. And um, he saw that I was just being, you know, totally sideswiped. Um, and that kind of like set a, a tone, you know, for Anna and me throughout the auditioning process. And actually, Anna was extremely supportive of me because she'd worked a lot more than I had. Um, she'd done a lot more films, a lot more TV, and, and she was very helpful to me when I was auditioning. That is very interesting, and it's really neat to know that the chemistry was there right off the bat, and it really suits your characters that you ended up portraying in that scenario. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the wonderful things about the movies is the great chemistry between the Pevensey siblings. It felt so real and you just really clicked. And so can you remember when you all first met and well, you obviously met Anna at the audition, but when did you all start really getting together and what was the relationship like? And do you still chat from time to time? Well, well yeah, we do. We, we all talk a lot actually. Um, and um, Skanda's now in politics. 
Georgie's um, doing really well with her writing and acting, and Anna's doing really well with her acting. Um, you know, we all started bonding when we came to New Zealand, and because Skanda was cast late in the day, and uh, so he ended up in New Zealand with us, and we just started hanging out, having fun, having a laugh. And it was very much just like the more fun we had, the better it was for our chemistry. So mm-hmm. that was that was kind of great. Like they had a basketball hoop on set, play basketball. They had us playing games all the time. They had us hanging out on weekends. We went to the Lion Sanctuary and went out for meals and things and cinema trips. And so it just was really like a lot, you know, it was really fun. Yeah. And it just goes to show, you know, I think even for me, you know, I have to remind myself this, that your job doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be an uphill struggle, you know, like in order to produce great work, you can have fun as well, you know. Exactly. Well, I, I love that outlook, and it's certainly true. And so the first film's battle sequence was shot in New Zealand, and to this day, it is one of the absolute best battle sequences in film. It is just mind-blowing. I watched it again just the other day, and it was like, wow, it's like even better than I remember. It's epic. It is epic. Epic. And wonderful. The music and you riding that amazing horse must have, your armor must have been so heavy. <laughs> Oh, it was quite light because it was made out of plastic. Is um, that right? Right, so it was all plastic and it was spray painted on to look that colour. Um, and actually the links, because they were plastic, kept breaking. They oh. kept snapping. So there was somebody there who had to constantly replace all the links, so that was a big job for him. Well, um, I'm glad to know that it wasn't as heavy as it looked. <laughs> and so, especially in this current age of social media and the internet, uh, the movie is getting appreciated more and more for what a work of art it is. You can just tell that the greatest of minds and artists were assembled to make such a great product. So could you just tell us for this particular film, what are some experiences and memories of shooting it that really stick out to you? Actually, the battle scene always sticks out to me. Um, It's funny, that scene when I was riding the horse into battle, that was a funny scene to shoot because I think everybody thought that that would be a big, um, you know, we'd be like a lot of people around, there'd be like, you know, people riding alongside me, but it was nothing like that actually. Um, it was just because the, the director had to film something else. So we went off as a splinter crew and we had the horse and we had the horse trainer and we had a guy with the camera on the back of a pickup truck, basically. <laughs> and rode along, seriously. And he just had a driver and a focus puller and they just rode along. So they rode along and I, I was riding my horse and they were driving the pickup truck and then um, they just said to me, all right, now just like peel off, put your thing down and just peel off. And I was like, okay. I just did it and um, it was all very easy and very natural and then watch the film back and it looks like there's thousands of people in this epic moment, you know? Yes, that must have been uh, quite funny for you to finally see it when you knew what it was actually like. Mad. And you know what's funny is like, it becomes a bit like a home movie, you know, but it's a very expensive home movie because you end up being smelling all those things, you know, you remember what the horse smelt like, you remember what the armor felt like, you remember what the truck looked like that you were following, you remember what the mountains looked like in the background as you were riding towards, you know, like, right. those things are like ingrained in your mind forever, you know. And you rode that horse magnificently. Have, have you ever ridden a horse before then or did you have to learn for the movie? I had, I had ridden before. My mum used to like want us, want us, because I have a brother and sister, she used to want us out of the house on a Sunday 
Um, cause we were just, you know, tearing the place apart. So she used to send us off to burning camp, um, which we hated because it was just in the rain in England, like in a, you know, old shed basically, just going around in the circles. We used to hate it, but somewhere or other along the line, there was, uh, it, I guess it paid off. Well, I would certainly agree. And you actually returned as Peter in Prince Caspian and The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. And Prince Caspian was intense, wasn't it? It was so cool. Zephic. Zephic again. Yes, yeah. it must have been lots of fun to film. So uh, could you tell us the same about making these two movies? Anything that really stands out to you when you look back? I loved making Prince Caspian because I loved doing all the fighting scenes, you know? And yes, they just... the duel was incredible was incredible and like the siege sequence was brilliant and all those things of like um it just boyhood dream moments you know and i i treasured that opportunity that i was given well i would say you certainly made the most of it uh, that to this day that's one of the best sword duels i've ever seen okay. so. okay. yes yeah it was 120 beat sword fight in the end and we put the uh, camera in the shield um, and we had the camera like punching me, you know? so then it looked like so. It was, so the, there was a shield, and the camera was in the middle, and they hit me with it, so it'd be like so it looked like that. Right. And we did a dolly. Uh, we did what we call a dolly, a 360 dolly, which is a full circular dolly with three cameras on it. And then of course no one could be behind the cameras; so everybody had to hide in the woods. And then we did the sword fight, the whole thing, with the dolly going round, you know, um, which was also really really fun. Yes, that, it's, it's such an amazing sequence. And how clever to put the camera in, in the shield. I would have never thought that. Sorry. So when you're the lead of a major film franchise, your life changes overnight. So I was wondering, when did you realize that you were now William Mosley? And what was the experience like adjusting to it? You know, I've never really felt like I'm... Uh, Celebrity, yeah. You know. Yes, we use the word. We can use that word in terms yeah. of my name, but I never really <laughs> superstar. Um, I never felt like that, you know. I never felt like that. I just wanted to be a good actor. You know, I just wanted to work hard and improve myself and earn my position. And sometimes maybe I've taken too hard of a part. I think um, made it too hard. Myself. But I wanted to earn my way there. You know, I wanted to really truly know that I know what I'm doing with my job, that I really am good at it, that I really have earned my position. I don't know, maybe that was, uh, maybe I should just not thought like that and just gone straight and just done everything I could, but that was just the path I decided to take. And um, I did start very young and I know I had the time to like go ahead and, and try to make something of myself. Well, I would say you've definitely proven yourself. Uh, you're a wonderful actor. And speaking of that, after the Narnia films, you've gone on to portray such a wonderful variety of roles. Uh, just a few uh, that include uh, Prince Liam on The Royals. I love it. And I warn anyone that begins watching that show, you are going to binge the whole thing in like a day. So have fun. <laughs> And you also played Arden Lowe in My Sweet Aldrina, Prince Carl in Perception. And the internet says you apparently did a cameo in Artemis oh, Fowl, actually, but... That wasn't me. No way. Was I have a second cousin who's also called William Peter Mosley, who happens to be an assistant producer, or an, or an associate producer as we call it, to um, on Kenneth Branagh's films. 
and um, he actually had an extra role in that and then somehow they credited it to Vera and we always laugh about it because whenever he's had like little film credits in the past I always uh, seem to nap from him. So. <laughs> well, we'll take it. <laughs> well, that is very funny. Uh, it must be rather flattering to be cast as royalty so often, I just have to say. <laughs> yeah, it is funny. I have been cast for royalty a lot. <laughs> So, uh, what are some highlights for you personally throughout your career so far, um, especially with these uh, works I just mentioned, and what are some experiences you recall with fondness, such as the Royals and everything else you've done? The Royals was really a great one because, um, you know, it was four years of, uh, of steady work in London, which was great for me to come back to my home. and. Um, you know, I loved the character. It was very Hamlet-esque. You know, your father being killed, and not sure if what the mother's doing, or the you know the brother, and all that sort of thing. And um, I loved the fun of the royals. I loved the madness of it. I loved working with Elizabeth. I never I worked with a lot of actors, but I never got used to working with Elizabeth. You know, it's like she's a star beyond a star, and she's um, amazing. She's amazing. And like you know, you work. I work with some of the most brilliant actors in the world, but star quality and star as a presence about Elizabeth that just I never got used to actually um, but she, I'd call her like family now so I'm very lucky that that was a part of my life um, and then um, the other one I did that I liked which is a bit mad was The Courier I did that oh before. is that right yeah and I played a baddie in that and um, I was like a killer and so uh I don't know why I wanted to do that part, but I did, and I, I got offered it, so I just took it. But, and there's been a bunch of other films. I've just shot a movie called Land of Dreams with um, an Iranian uh, visual artist called Shirin Nashat with Matt Dillon, um, which was really, really interesting. And it was just really interesting to work with an artist like her, who's very well known across the world for her pictures, you know? And so getting to go to New Mexico and kind of make her vision come to life was really, really cool so that's going to come out this year as well i think or yeah I think this year that's correct and i i'd heard you uh, talking previously about how i mean this was filmed during the pandemic correct that's correct and so i'm certainly glad to hear that the crew pulled through and did a good job <laughs> good. we had we were the only set in new mexico that didn't have a covid outbreak actually so our covid officer did an incredible job Yes, that is very fortunate, and I'm certainly happy to hear that. So something that I really respect about you as an actor is how you're able to pull off drastically different types of roles while still bringing your signature touch to them. I mean, you have played these uh, wholesome light characters, but like you said, you're also able to play this really uh, amazing to watch killer. And uh, that just, it's a wonderful example of your range. So I was wondering if uh, you could tell us more about your approach to acting and what goes through your mind as you portray these different characters. Um, I heard Matthew McConaughey say something quite interesting about acting. I think it's very true. You know, he said that he dials up one side of his personality, dials down the other part, or dials up this part and dials down that part. And I think that's very true. Like, we all have light and dark to us, you know, we all have flaws and shadows and we will struggle in a lot of ways and like when you're willing or able to access those struggles you're able to kind of use what you've been through in your life or things that you've seen or people things that you've just experienced 
then um, then you can kind of bring an array of characters to life very very quickly. Um, for the courier, for instance, I um, I knew I was going to be playing Gary Oldman's uh, henchman, and so I basically I, I, I there's a film I love that he was in called Leon, where he played a baddie, mm -hmm. and so I kind of copied that character of his from the old days. Just a little homage to him, actually. And um, somehow that character took its own life and then kind of worked through it, which was great. Yeah, yes. I always enjoy hearing about people's personal process. And Gary Oldman is certainly a good person to take notes from. To take notes from, take it from, from the best. Mm -hmm. And I must say, just personally, I feel you especially excel when you have to play characters who are sort of overcome with extreme distress or anger. Just personally, whenever you've had to do that, it's just, it's wow, it's really amazing. Just right off the top of my head, such as the Royals, the finale of the first season, I won't spoil it for the viewers, but something happens and just the look of sheer shock um, on your express on your character's face is, it's so real. Full on, yeah, it was full on, it was full on. Um, I, you know, I go, went into my, just into my like I use my personal life and my imagination you know that's kind of what I was taught to do by an acting coach in New York called Sheila Gray mm. um, you don't always like you know you don't always have to use there's lots of different ways to find things but that's one way that I've used before and it's, and it's worked for me it certainly has <laughs> So uh, I would actually like to talk about something pretty shocking that happened to you while you were filming the movie The Silent Mountain, which everyone should check out. It's amazing. You're brilliant in it. You and some others were apparently struck by lightning. So that's crazy. Could you tell us about this? This is a mad story. Okay, so ready. Um, <laughs> I was very fortunate to get off of this, this, this job. Um, was to work with an actress called Claudia Cardinale as well, who's one of my favorite actresses of all time. Probably my all-time on-screen crush. In fact, I'm gonna show you something. Oh yeah? My, I have a picture of her here. I don't know if you can see that. Yes. That's Claudia, and that's my one of my favorite films called Once Upon a Time in the West. That is so cool. Thank you for showing us that. <laughs> to um, work with her, and um, about a week before I was about to leave, I broke my ankle. No. Um, yeah, so I had to get on the plane with a plaster cast. And then when I arrived in Italy, my sister was like, fortunate that she could meet me there. And um, I had to go around on crutches and they wrote something into the script where I, the character had hurt his ankle and had a dance sequence with Claudia. So I got through that. It's very <laughs> I managed. And then, um, but we were filming in very real locations. You know, we were filming in the actual trenches where the, because uh, it was all set in World War One. we were filming the actual World War One trenches. And, well, no, we were filming one of these trenches and a storm came and um, it hit the ground, like a lightning bolt hit the ground. And obviously, like, when lightning forks, it goes to electricity. And I, we happened to be in the middle of a scene and I was. Uh, it, it went towards the generator, which went through the camera. And it was a very strange thing because I remember the director going, um, uh, rolling, sound, and action. And then on action, I threw up the camera. I just felt this like thing go into me oh my gosh everything my eyes went white you know I like I could see almost in the dark you know like, wow. I, like a white and black and then um 
I was in immense pain. I felt my heart stop and then I, I recovered and then I turned to the DP and she was slumped over the camera, you know, wow. like, like she was, you know, in cardiac arrest. And so I just grabbed her and um, pulled her to a bed and then I just shook her and, um, and she woke up. And then um, as I was leaving the hut, you know, everybody was screaming and running around and I was leaving the hut. I, um, I saw my crutches on the ground. <laughs> And they were steel, you know, metal, and I just thought, oh god, I'm gonna have to go to this match without these crutches. Um, but yeah, I've still got the scar, which is here. Oh my can... goodness! It's there. Uh, that is insane. Mm-hmm. It's pretty mad. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. But so... yeah, I just finished the movie, and so we did finish the movie, and um, and it was good. It was, it was, I'm really happy with the product at the end. Like we made it happen, and we made it work. We, we did it, so. You know that's what counts yes and the cinematography is just beautiful in that in that film yes yes well i'm glad that everyone turned out to be all right and so the cameras were actually rolling technically when this happened yeah. insane yeah. well that is crazy it's so uh as we just heard acting isn't always just the glitz and glamour a lot of hard work goes behind it and a lot of crazy things can happen right. Yes, and you are one of the most traveled actors I have ever seen. I mean, you have filmed all over the world. You filmed in New Zealand, the Czech Republic, America, Europe, just everywhere. So uh, what is traveling like and filming in all these different places? To me, that's that's one of the major bonuses of my job. I, I love to see new things, you know, and that helps inform my life, inform my characters that I play. And I love meeting new people. I'm very interested by people in general, which I guess is a good thing being an actor, but I'm very interested in their, what they're up to, what their life is, what they want to do with their life, like what their culture is, how their culture informs their personality, um, what their background is, what their history is. That really interests me. So it's always interesting to go meet people from different places. Well, I'm glad you enjoy it. You must spend a lot of time on airplanes. <laughs> well, I did before the pandemic hit. <laughs> um, <laughs> hasn't been uh, quite so many flights, but I also like flying. You know, I'm, I'm fortunate. I know a lot of people um, don't like flying. My mum hates flying. So <laughs> I'm lucky that I, that I actually like it. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, how about we switch gears for a moment and start one of my favorite segments of the show, Truth or dare? I'm ready. <laughs> All right, let's do this then. Uh, first question, truth or dare, William? Truth. All right. What is something surprising no one knows about you? Um, hmm. Surprising to people who don't know about me. I'm an avid runner. I actually run a marathon without any training uh, in October. Um, I just, I woke up one morning and I saw everyone was running the marathon and they were doing their own course because they couldn't run it together because of the virus. I was very inspired and I decided I was going to go out and run it. And so I ran it in um, three hours and 14 minutes. Oh my goodness, that is wonderful. I wouldn't say that I could do that quite yet, but I also love running myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, very cool. Uh, truth or dare? Truth. All right. What has been the most difficult experience you've had while being an actor? 
most difficult experience I've had being struck by lightning and still um, carrying on shooting. Well, I would say that's a that's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> Can't think of much that would top that. <laughs> okay, truth or dare? Truth. If you had to pick a favorite Pevensey sibling, who would it be? It must be done. <laughs> oh my God, that's very hard. Uh, man in the mirror. <laughs> good answer. <laughs> So I don't offend anyone. <laughs> <laughs> very, that was very nice. <laughs> Truth or dare? All right. What is the craziest thing you've ever done? Been attacked by an elephant before. Shooting. An elephant? That is hilarious and terrifying. <laughs> yes, I would say so. <laughs> and truth or dare? When was your first kiss? When I was about 11. And actually it was the girl I had a crush on, so it was great. Oh, well, um, that's perfect. I, didn't, it, I didn't spur any kind of relationship going forward, so I don't think it was for her, but um, it, was, it, was, it was good for me. <laughs> well, that's what counts. <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much for playing that. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Thank you. So uh, something great about you is you're so positive and you love to give back. And I think that's a wonderful thing. You even do cameos for charity. That's great. So, yes, two charities in particular that mean a lot to you are the Pied Piper Appeal and Sarah's Trust. So would you like to tell us about these and what people can do to help? Sure. Well, if possible, I'm trying to raise $10,000 um, and I'm at 9500 so I just need a little bit of a, an extra push. If, if anybody wants to come here, it'd be very helpful because I want to give back to these charities. It was something that I wanted to do during lockdown. I know a lot of people were doing positive things. They were raising money and doing all kinds of great things. So I wanted to do something myself. Um, and yeah, the Pied Piper Appeal is set in, is it a, is a charity in my, um, uh, local town in the hospital that, that I was born in. It, it helps children who have physical and mental disabilities. And so um, they're obviously often, you know, children from low income families. So, you know, a little, a little money for, for the charity goes a long way. So I like to keep things close to home. So that's very good. Yeah. And second, there is trust, um, which is obviously um, the Duchess of York. And um, she is, you know, I've, I've met her and I've done some work for her in the past and I really like her. And um, I wanted to also give to her the, um, and I, yeah, I just just thought it, you know, they, they asked me if I was gonna be doing the cameos. I said, yes, it just happened that it was out there. And they said, would you be willing to donate any money to um, Sarah's Trust? I said, absolutely, I'd love to. And, um, and I really like Sarah and I really, so that I, I absolutely, you know, want to do that. Well, uh, that's a, that is wonderful. It's a great thing you're doing. Yeah. Well, uh, you're so young, but you've accomplished so much already. And I was wondering, could you tell us what some of your goals are for the future? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? <laughs> I just want to continue to be work that I'm proud of. You know, continue to do work, continue to be a person that I can be proud of. You know, it's not, this is an industry where, to be frank with you, being an actor that you're proud of is not enough for me. You know, I want to be a person that I'm proud of. And, um, you know, that 
I want to be successful and I want to do all the amazing things that I dream of, but I also want to be a decent person. Um, someone that I can look at and I can respect, you know, from just a third person point of view. So that's important to me that I grow as a person and I grow as an actor over the next 10 years. Well, I think that that is a great goal. <laughs> People could, uh, take a lot of inspiration from that. And so as we wrap up this episode, uh, could you tell all your fans listening what they can look forward to from you? You're working on many films and mm -hmm. where they can best keep up with you. It's very kind for you to um, offer that up. So I'm going to be, I've got um, three films potentially coming out this year. One's a medieval film with Michael Caine and Ben Foster. Um, Matthew Good, another one is a little um, a feel good movie that I shot, this American feel good movie that I'm excited for people to see called Saving Paradise. And the third one is Land of Dreams, which I previously mentioned, which is directed by Shireen Nashat. And it's Jean-Claude Carrier, who was a brilliant writer he recently died, it will be a film um, dedicated to him as he's um, recently passed and it's his last movie. Wow. Uh, yeah, and I'll be making four films this year. Um, I'm scheduled to anyway. One, One's um, Edgar Allan Poe. I should be playing David Crockett. I should be playing Henry Pierce, who was an 80, uh, a 19th century bare knuckle boxer. I should also be making a horror film. So a little, a little a haunted house horror movie, which would be fun as well. So. Those four will be coming out. They should be released in too. But that's what we have going forward right now. Again, a wonderful variety and so much to look forward to. I'm really looking forward to those. Thank you. Yes. Well, that's it for another episode of Keiko's Diary. I want to thank our listeners for supporting the show and MLA. And also, thank you very much, William, for coming on the show. I will always be cheering you on. And we are all looking forward to what you do next. Thank so, you so much. Absolutely. Before we go, could I ask one last thing from you, William? I am William Mosley, aka Peter Pevensey, and for MLA Entertainment, check out their original web series, Project Infinity. And as always, keep being creative. Keep being creative. You heard it here. Thank you, William. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Keiko's Diary. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. We would love to hear from you. Write questions and comments to show your support and share this podcast with your friends. We'll be back with another exciting episode before you know it. In the meantime, keep being creative.